एट माई टाइम आई टू फाइट विद माई डैड एंड बाय अ फोटोन उस पर टू एम बी बी एस पीडियोज टू कम ऑन कैंपस राइट बिकॉज द कैंपस नेट हैड ब्लॉक यूट्यूब बंच ऑफ द इट वॉज वेरी व्यूअर लाइक यू सर्च फॉर एनालिटिक्स इट वुड भी बैंड बिकॉज इट हैड इनल इन एनालिटिक्स राइट सो हाफ द स्टफ ऑन द इंटरनेट वॉज नॉट एक्सेसिबल सो आई वेंट एंड गॉट अ फोटो एंड वॉट एवर आई लर्न वॉज बिकॉज ऑफ दैट गॉट एम फोटो ऑन लाइक ऑन द टू एम बी बी एस कनेक्शन आई डिस्कवर ट्विटर एंड यूट्यूब एंड लर्न अबाउट ऑल स्टीव जॉब्स ऑल दैट हैपन बिकॉज ऑफ दैट फोटो ऑन राइट सो नाउ एवरी किड हैज इंटरनेट कनेक्शन तो दे हैव नो एक्सक्यूज लेफ्ट इफ यू डिसाइड दैट आई वॉन्ट टू बी अ वी You can't have a, you can't not know a VC story. Or if you want to be a programmer, you say you want to learn JavaScript or whatever React Native. You have everything at your disposal, right? You don't have any excuse to say that I don't know this because because you didn't learn it. Like that's the only answer. After a very long break, welcome back to season two of Don't Follow the Leader. If this is your first episode, my name is Noah Martins, and this is a platform where I interact with the people I like to call society's exceptions. These are entrepreneurs, business leaders, comedians, and entertainers. Basically, people who are high performers and risk takers and are living lives very different from the norm. I try to understand how they think and what motivates them and what their creative and decision-making processes look like. So if that's something you think you'd be interested in please click that subscribe button so that more people can see my videos and you get regular updates from the stuff I post. <laughs> just just please click the subscribe button no it'll it'll help the channel a lot and it would help me get these videos to more people. You could also follow me on social media for regular updates and some other fun content stand up comedy videos reels my thoughts on things. <laughs> Today's really special guest is Kushal Bhagya. He is a former entrepreneur turned venture capitalist and is the CEO of First Check which is an early stage venture capital firm from India that operates on a very interesting thesis. Kushal has also come to be a mentor and friend of mine as I've been working with him at First Check for the last 9 months. So getting to have this conversation with him was actually pretty special to me. In this episode we talk about his journey from entrepreneurship straight out of college to running his own venture capital firm at 31. We talk about what he looks for in the startups and the people that he backs. We also talk about what he thinks the Indian startup ecosystem will look like in the next 10 to 15 years. This was a really interesting and fun conversation to have and I hope you stick around till the end and enjoy it. Cheers. Thanks for doing this first of all. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay. So what is First Check? Uh First Check is a pre-seed stage fund. We invest and back Indian founders that are building uh, they want to build large scale tech companies. Um the way we invest is we have a network of founder angels. Hmm. Uh these are all folks who have built and scaled the company, sold the company, they know how to build products and scale tech companies and we as a fund we simply empower them to invest. Okay. So we have about 20 such partners like you know Apramya the taxi for sure and vocal founder uh Vidit from Misho uh Deepak Devakar from Mindtickle hmm. uh PJ the founder of Paytm money so these folks have all built run companies in various domains and first check is a fund that basically gives them more money to do angel investments and thereby sort of empowers uh, founder angels to sort of you know lead rounds and invest more money in upcoming founders the philosophy being that since they have grown companies they know how startups work yeah so uh if you look at most unicorns in india china us you know anywhere in the world typically these large scale successful outcomes in venture these companies have uh 
uh, a founder angel who has backed them in their early rounds. Right. Uh, almost all of them. Like in India also, if you take examples, the Flipkart.com raised from the Jungle.com founder, hmm. Ola raised from the Snapdeal founders, uh, Topper raised from Zishan. Uh, sorry, uh, housing.com is from Zishan. So there are a bunch of these examples. Which again and again in history, you will see that these founder angels somehow get into the best, uh, best deals again and again. Hmm. Um, and there's a very good reason for it that uh, one is these these people have great access, right. right? So like if you look at somebody like say Vidit from Misho, right? Uh, he's from IIT Delhi. He's like a poster boy for anybody who's from IIT Delhi who's looking to start a company, right? And that's like a big catchment area, right? Um, so typically, if somebody does start a company, they would want to go and pitch to him and try and get him on board as an angel. Or if say, somebody starting something in social commerce, e-commerce, WhatsApp-based stuff, anything around that, uh, if they have a way to connect to him, they will for sure go and pitch to him and try and get him on board uh, because it's a it's a brand, right? And secondly, founders recognize that these guys can give me help which pure capitalists can't, right. like a venture capitalist cannot have the domain expertise across sectors they of course they have smart people and you know they can help you in a, in a lot of ways but mm. usually a founder who has built a product scaled an organization you know been through what you have to go through for the next five ten years that person's experience is invaluable mm. uh, so any upcoming founder wants to go to them and pitch and they want to go and raise from them right. uh, so they have great deal flow they have great brand and then lastly because they have built and run a company right uh, they are often able to anticipate what's next mm. where do the gaps lie what more do users want? Uh, you know uh, what else should exist. They know how venture capitalists think because they have themselves raised from them multiple times. They know how large markets work, how technology works, uh, and they are also in touch with their own users, right? So they are often able to anticipate what what could come next, and hence invest in those those companies that will come next. Uh, so these three things is what we believe. These are three edges which they have: brand, mm. access, and judgment. And these three things are, I think, why they consistently sort of back the best performing uh, companies in India and abroad. Um, so we as a fund, we simply empower them with more capital. So if they invest some money of their own, they can draw upon more money from the fund and we'll back them wherever they invest. Right. Since a lot of the people watching might be from school and college, can you explain what venture capital is? Sure. Um, so venture capital is basically a form of funding a business. Uh, where uh, a investor will take a certain percentage of your company. So if say they give you say uh, two crore rupees, they might take 10, 20, 20% say ownership in your company and they'll just own those shares in your company. They'll have some rights and all along with that, but you run the company. Okay. They are not involved in what you do day to day, who you want to sell to, what you want to do. That's, that's your business, right? Mm. They will take a bet on you and your idea and your abilities and say, okay, if I give Noah two crores today, uh, maybe he'll he'll you know do really well and grow this into the next Flipkart or the next Swiggy or mm. Ola or whatever and you know this company could be worth billions in the future mm. and when it does become that big at that point I will sell my shares to somebody else right. right so this is different from traditional financing of businesses which was debt financing right mm. where um, if you go to a bank for example they will give you two crore rupees but they will either ask for a collateral where so you either put your house on mortgage or you know something else on mortgage or somebody else has to sign uh, security with you so it could be your dad or your relatives or somebody else mm. um, and you have an obligation to pay that money back right, right? which is what is how debt works mm. here there's no obligation to pay the money back right you're obligated to get them and exit at, at a larger point but mm. if it fails it fails they're taking right. that risk on uh, so that's on them if, mm. if the if you try your best and the company doesn't work that's fine that a VC right. completely ex, uh, expects that to happen okay right so that's what venture capital is where somebody gives you money for a percentage in your company 
and that somebody is basically betting on your future success uh, so you're not giving any collateral you're not giving any interest payments you don't have to pay the money back in any time frame uh, but the expectation from you is that in about 8 to 5 to 8 years time frame you will make this into a very large company and that's how this investor will make money but as a venture capitalist are you investing your own money no so in the vc world there are there are professional venture capitalists who raise a fund like for example first check as a fund hmm. uh, or, or you know a sequoia as a fund or axel as a fund or uh, india ocean matrix all these guys have funds but uh, then there are angels so angels are like the people that we work with for example an apramaya or right. say kunal shah from free charge right so right. from cred now so um, these are people who invest their own money the vcs are people who raise money from other people they create a fund and then the fund invest in companies so you can think of it something like a mutual fund right like if you invest in a mutual fund there's a fund manager who manages that money on your behalf and then that fund manager decides which stocks to invest in hmm. similarly in a vc fund there's a fund manager who raises this money from hnis typically rich people basically hmm. or institutional money or you know like for example a lot of pension funds invest in vc funds university endowments invest in vc funds um, so these fund managers raise that capital and it is now their job to deploy that capital into startups uh, and hopefully return this money to the investors over a 8 10 year time frame right so your 31 years old yes. i mean from my understanding that's pretty young to be running your own vc firm especially in india yeah so what's how did you get here what's your story uh so i know this sounds cliche but it was quite random and not not planned out at all okay uh so i graduated from bits um, the goa campus in 2012 hmm. um in 2011 or 10 i think i read the steve jobs book and that just blew my mind and actually before the book came out i read a, a different book on steve jobs which okay. covered him up t- up till the ipod not even the iphone okay, okay. and just that story blew my mind and then yeah. the then i read the new one and i read up read up about him online and you know then i sort of went down that rabbit hole of figuring out what tech entrepreneurship is and why these companies are so valuable what do they do you know creating a dent in the universe that line by steve jobs that hmm. that's always stayed with me hmm. and being the idealistic you know 20 21 year old i was uh, i decided i will also start a company I don't want to do a job and all. I I decided that I did sit for placements, but like I knew that I'll not really go and join okay. these companies. Uh, so me and my co-founder uh, Karthik, um, we were both in the same hostel in Bits, mm. and we had done we had dabbled in a couple of you know entrepreneurial ventures uh, by the second third year. Mm. By the fourth year, we were both fans of jobs, and we thought yeah we should also make our rent in the universe. So let's right. let's start a company. We knew that we had to start a company. and um, karthik had some experiments going on in his uh, practice school his internship final sem internship where he was playing with the kinect the motion sensor by microsoft yes. and he did some experiments with kids and he realized that uh, motion based games do work really well with uh, young kids hmm. uh, and the, the results were quite fabulous he did some you know he put a video up online and that got covered by times of india and it sort of got a lot of good appreciation so we thought this could work and then we decided like let's let's do this let's start making uh, educational games for kindergarten children mm. so kindergarten part came later we decided let's do something with the kinect and um, at that point we thought that you know motion based uh, interaction is the future yeah. i still think it's the future but we okay. were bas- probably too early back then right. but um, we thought that everything you do with a computer will be gesture based and you know movement based mm. and we thought we are getting on to the right trend right. Uh, so we we started a company called nai disha studios okay. which uh, used to make educational games for kindergarten kids so karthik and i ran that i ran i was part of it for 4 years karthik ran it for another couple of years after me unfortunately the company didn't work out mm. uh, and after i left then i i joined upgrade 
विच इज़ रॉनी स्क्रूवालाज एंड मयंग्स ऑनलाइन एजुकेशन कंपनी बेस आउट ऑफ बॉम्बे दे डू प्रोफेशनल ऑनलाइन एजुकेशन फॉर यू नो वर्किंग वर्किंग प्रोफेशनल्स आई डिड दैट फॉर टू इयर्स दैन आई वॉज अगेन थिंकिंग ऑफ स्टार्टिंग समथिंग अप बट नथिंग वॉज रियली क्लिकिंग एज सच एंड आई हैड फ्रेंड्स एट दिस फंड इन बॉम्बे कॉल इंडिया क्वेश्चन सो द फ्रेंड ऑफ माइन का फ्रेंड कम मेंटर ऑफ माइन का गगन गोयल ही इज़ अ पार्टनर दैट एड आई क्यू सो ही यूज टू रन अ ग्रुप ऑफ एंजल्स इन बॉम्बे कॉल पवई लेक वेंचर्स दे वर दिज आई टी बॉम्बे एलम्स लेक यू नो जिशान फ्रॉम टॉपर एंड बंच ऑफ अदर्स हु यूज टू इन्वेस्ट इन अपकमिंग स्टार्टअप्स एंड दे एड बैक कंपनीज लाइक ओला हाउसिंग डॉट कॉम फाइंड गुड कंपनीज दैट बैक सो गगन रियली वॉन्टेड टू एंड वट एंड ऑफ हैपनिंग इज दैट एंजल नेटवर्क फ्रॉम पवई राइट इट शॉर्ट ऑफ कोलैप्स आफ्टर टू थाउजेंड फिफ्टीन Okay. Uh, after 15, there was like this down low where companies were not getting funded for like a year, right? Everybody was the thinking mm. is the startup story real and all that. Um, but Gagan wanted to revive this. He knew me from a while back. He also used to run a company which is to sell to schools. So we knew each other since like my Nayadisha days and his you know Think Lab days. Mm. Uh, so he told me that like what are you doing in life and. Uh, um you've quit upgrade but you've not started a company yet right uh, and I, by that time i had gone through some 3 4 pilots hmm. and none of it was giving me like you know conviction that i will do this now for 10 years so gagan came to me with this idea that you know we want to do this at india quotient why don't you run it and uh, we'll figure out how to help you raise the money and all that so they were kind enough to basically you know give me the idea and the platform on a platter after i came on board we decided it'll work better as a separate org and a separate brand uh, so i still work closely with them but the way we structured it is that it's a separate fund with uh, iq basically putting up a bunch of the money in the fund okay uh, and then we got other people to invest as well so it's not just iq's fund iq's like one of one of the investors in the fund um and yeah that's how it started so uh, honestly i became a vc because gagan pushed me to mm. so i'll i'll be forever thankful to him for that yeah. um and yeah i mean i till till the point i did it i used to think that vc na not not really for me mm. um but once i started doing it i realized i really enjoy this i like meeting people i like learning new things mm. i like helping people out um and after that there's just not 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 been any looking back yeah But what qualifies someone to be a VC? So there are see my role as a VC is quite different from a uh, a VC like Gagan or you know somebody who works at Matrix or Sequoia or Axel. Okay. Uh, these people typically take four five bets a year, and they they run funds. So over if they raise a new fund, they'll take three four five bets for maybe first two three years of the fund, hmm. and then they have to then they have to wait till the company becomes big, and once it becomes big, they'll they'll get an exit and they return the fund. so the qualities for that traditional vc role are slightly different from what i am doing where i do a deal a week okay. uh when we do 30 35 companies this year we did 43 companies in a year so hmm. my role is quite different hmm. but uh, to be a general venture capitalist i think the qualities you need are uh, one most importantly you need to at least in in tech you need to understand tech and product you need to understand how this world works how technology works how software works uh you know how these companies can why do why can these companies grow a thousand x in you know a few years times uh you need to have some kind of uh strong opinions about the future okay that this is where we are today hmm. but i knew i know for a fact that this is how the world will look like in 2025 or 20 or 30 right, right. uh so f- think of the guy who backed facebook for example peter thiel invested in them right they had nothing when he invested they had they were a college network in right. with two three campuses live right. but he could see the vision, a world where a large percentage of humanity would be on a social network right so that's that kind of vision is what you need right uh in terms of personality traits you need to be um, generally curious about the uh, you know about 
just anything and everything under the sun because um uh, predicting the future or trying to take a bet based on what might happen in the future you need you can't think with one model mm. you can't just think financially or technologically or you know politically or economic like you have to think of a lot of different things like for example this year the china apps ban happened right and mm. suddenly all the indian apps lot of the indian apps got a big boost and no nobody would have predicted this right even the vcs who did back the indian apps they would never have predicted that china apps will get banned right so it's a very multidisciplinary type role where you need to keep track of a bunch of things happening in the world and take a view on what the world will be like in the future so curiosity uh you should like meeting people you should genuinely like helping people you should you should have the ability to help also there are people who end up being vcs but like so some of them have maybe never built a tech product or you know, never worked in a tech company or have never been a part of this world but they for whatever reason they became a vc but you can normally see the difference in that kind of a vc mm-hmm. and a, you know vc who has been there done that right when uh, someone understands both sides yeah it? exactly so the founders because you are sort of you are, you are you're like the sounding board for the founder who's building the company right they'll call you with all kinds of questions should i take this investor or should i launch this product mm. should i go for this channel of marketing etc etc right so you need to have a lot of different uh, experience experiences yeah to be able to actually add value to them or you need to at least have a network where even if you don't know the answer you can bring in some friend or you know know somebody else who can help the founder out mm. um so yeah curiosity uh by curiosity i mean you should like to learn things for the sake of learning like there are you know there are people who will read a lot or learn a lot but they are, they are very target driven or goal driven i will learn mm. say everything possible about furniture for example mm. right or i'll read everything possible about laptops or mm. uh, electronics or whatever but that's not how good vcs vcs will read anything and everything under the sun mm. based on curiosity just because they like reading or they like learning more about stuff so okay. number one i would repeat as curiosity number two um this ability to you know think about the future uh, understanding tech and uh, lastly it's also a sales job in a way where uh vc is not it's not like a uh, it's a it's a two way buying right like suppose i want to fund you mm-hmm. you should also want to take my money right because if you are a really good founder there's probably like another five people like me who want to fund you right mm-hmm. so what makes you choose me over the other five people mm-hmm. that's a sales job like right? yeah. you have to convince the founder that i'll be the guy who'll uh, who'll be worth the worth the equity that you're giving up so these these are the traits sort of what you need to you know uh, yeah become a venture capitalist hmm. okay so um, this is a little more abstract question and based on all the people i've spoken to on this podcast and of recently uh, i've seen this sort of pattern where the people who have this plan that you speak of like who know uh, who who's not uh, learning is very targeted yeah uh, they'll have this goal i want to be a, this i want to be a that yeah. and they'll achieve that goal yeah but a lot of the ambitious people who have seen who don't have a goal they end up doing really cool things because yeah. they're just like ex- exploring life and doing whatever yeah. is right in front of them until they find something that they really like yeah so do you think it makes sense for people to set these kind of rigid goals or should they um, be open to all of the experiences that I mean I think this depends on person to person there are okay. some professions and some domains where you can have a rigid goal right like oh, you must have a rigid you must have a, like you right. say you want to become a doctor right. and you are 18 years old right, right. you, you have to do mbbs do you have to do your masters right. you have to do a specialization hmm. and you have to slog it out for the next 5 to whatever 8 9 years whatever it takes to become a doctor right you want to be a heart surgeon for example right yeah. you there's no other way to do it 30 that you want to yeah you can't just wing it like you have hmm. to go through that training and you know put in the hours and become a reliable a good heart surgeon hmm. uh, so some domains are very you know well defined 
that you want to like you want to become a ca for example you have to crack that exam become a ca architect you need a license right so man, many of these things are licensed or somehow regulated where you can't just go do stuff if you want to you know just take a shot at it uh but there are other domains especially i think i would say in entrepreneurship finance uh venture capital to an extent where the world is much more random and there is no rigid set of qualifications which will enable you to you know do uh get into that domain hmm. so there it can work for you right so i mean if you sign up for that life right where you where you don't really know okay okay after 5 10 years what i'll be doing it's a high risk decision uh, i wouldn't call it high risk okay. i would say it's high uncertainty right okay risk is where okay. you like, what so say, say someone like you you are 18 you are 19 years old now right hmm. Uh, yeah, 20 sorry yeah. and uh, you you are going to be sure yeah. you are going to be an engineer soon so at your base level somebody will hire you for sure right hmm. you done a bits degree you have graduated with that degree kuch nahi hua to somebody will pay you at least 5 lakhs a year and give you some job hmm. right you can speak english you can communicate well hmm. so for someone like you the risk level is actually that like that's your worst case outcome hmm. say you start a company or you you try some wacky shit and it doesn't work it doesn't work you will some some friend or somebody will refer you to some company and you will go get a job right so there are ways to mitigate so do you actually run over risk that's what i even i thought when i started nahi disha that look i have already had this bits degree uh, i come from a okay uh, fairly upper middle class well off family uh, if i don't get salary for a year or one and a half year the world is not going to end i don't have to support somebody right i don't have so i had that privilege right and if you go to a, a branded college in india at least you uh, you earn that privilege right you you go went to an iim isb iit bits whatever in india you will know ki you will, you will get a job or say you are a very good coder right or you are very good designer or you are you are some you have some innate talent in you right where you know ki this to i i rocket right coding mein ko kabhi bhi de main kuch bhi bana ke dekho de dunga right if you if you know that okay i am good at this right so somebody will hire you right so that that's your baseline outcome that's the worst that can happen to you that you get a job and you do you earn your money right you're not going to die hungry so risk is mitigated that way it's, it's very risky if you were the first breadwinner in your family for like a generation and you know and you're the first say college grad from your family and you decide to not take a job and go and start a company or do something then then that's risky okay mm. but for most people who get into these institutes or who have some monetizable skill like coding designing uh, selling you know they have they have some innate skill there's not really risk there's uncertainty they don't know what what the outcome will be but you know that okay you will not you're not going to die hungry your bottom line is pretty good yeah exactly so i i would view it from that angle like look at your personal uh, status maybe if you come from a decent off family so then to actually you have no risk in india like we anybody who uh, even i call by the upper middle class but we are all actually first class right like india is just a very poor country so if you are in the so called middle class or first class in india you are already protected actually speaking so you 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 can think about it like that but if you if you just spend some more time thinking about it you will realize that the worst case outcome is that some uncle mama chacha dad somebody will hire you or somebody will refer you in some company और कुछ तो हो जाएगा मतलब इट्स नॉट समथिंग वे यू नो यू विल जस्ट बी जॉबलेस एट होम फॉर योर्स टुगेदर सो या जस्ट थिंक थ्रू इट लाइक इफ यू आर इन दैट पोजीशन देन यू डोंट रियली हैव रिस्क इफ यू आर नॉट देन यू हैव रिस्क इफ यू हैव द बर्डन टू अर्न बेसिकली फॉर योर फैमिली राइट देन यू आर इन अ डिफरेंट कैटेगरी राइट सो यू स्टार्टेड अप स्ट्रेट आउट ऑफ कॉलेज राइट यू यू योर फॉर्मल वर्क एक्सपीरियंस दैट यू हैव एट अपग्रेड केम लेटर एंड दैट टू अपग्रेड इज अ स्टार्टअप यस राइट um do you think it's a good idea for people to start up in college like i've heard akhil i've asked akhil from real learning this yeah. and he felt that yes like college is the best time to start up because yeah. 
you have no liabilities yeah. right and he's like college should not be your just an attempt it should be your best attempt yeah but then i've heard harsha from swiggy talk about it and he said that um, without the real world experiences that he had had yeah. he doesn't think that it would have been a good idea for him yeah. to start up in college yeah so in your experience both for you personally and based on the companies that you have invested in or like your awareness of the startup scene in india do you think it's a good idea for people to start up from college or to get some work experience and then start up i mean see again um, for all things startups right there's no template answer every right. startup has a different journey and sure. a different uh, it's very path dependent actually this the, the way life works so it's hard to say ki what worked for this person will also work for this person or also work for you right like i had friends when i graduated who i knew were dumbasses like mm. i would pray to god if they started a company right, right. and i knew friends who were like super smart mm. who, who it's it's not about that you're in college it's about what have you been doing for those 5 years right like we been we funded companies or right out of college there's kids coming out super sharp man like they've been coding for 5 years mm. right so i mean just because they're 22 years old doesn't mean they're inexperienced hmm. they've like they've already built 5 10 20 products hmm. before they even came to me right right so for a person like that i know this guy can build right hmm. there's no way that i'm taking a risk as a vc that if i fund them they'll not be able to ship product right hmm. but if you come to me with you've done nothing in the 4 years on campus you got like okay cgpa and you know done some extra curriculars and like you not sold anything ever it's hard to believe that you'll be able to build a company right right so it's i wouldn't look at a if i'm a college student i would ask myself this that can i build stuff mm. can i sell stuff do i have evidence or do i have any kind of uh, track record of doing either of these are the two things you do as a entrepreneur right come as a base of, yeah these are the two things you need to do as a founder at least in the first couple of years that's all you do you build and you sell so if you have that like i knew i could sell and karthik could build so we had that we were clear about that ki ye to apan kar lenge mm. uh So that confidence you should have on yourself, and you should be able to convince others also that yes, I can do this. Mm. So that that's what that's how I would look at it. Like, so it's not a boilerplate answer that yes, you should start up or no, you should not start up. It comes down to what life experiences you have had, mm. and do you feel you have the skill set uh, to you know uh, do either one of these things or ideally both of these things. Right. What do you think are good reasons to start up and bad reasons to start up, and what do you have to? get right like we've spoken about this yeah. before i w- work with you so yeah. i know what your answer is going to be but yeah. for everybody who is not watching what are some things that you need to know before you start up like, okay so yeah. this this is one of my favorite as i told you yeah. my, so the reason i said nidisha was completely wrong okay right what, what i just said right that we saw the connect and we were excited and we want to build something on it so we went and built it right mm-hmm. that is not why you should start a company okay mm-hmm. like the only reason why you should start a company is that you see a problem in the world that you desperately know that this this shouldn't exist the way it does this needs to be fixed okay and i am the guy to fix it mm. right like if you can't help yourself but think that why does this problem exist mm. i know that it can be solved i know there are thousands or millions of people who have the same problem that i do or at least i have seen other people have that problem and i'll solve that problem and after that you come to what the tech or the product would be that will address the problem right okay so most founders especially college founders they all make this mistake where they first swear to themselves i will start a company mm. which is what i did right mm. and then they decide okay now what company should i start mm. uh so what they default to is what they know okay like so charlie munger has is saying that to a man with a hammer everything looks like a nail mm. 
right so why did we start a kinect company because we knew how to program on the kinect right so we said okay let's make kinect game mm-hmm. we never asked as the world need a kinect based education game startup mm-hmm. it did need it but doesn't mean it would have like so you know there's a right. you have to start from the problem first then come to how you will address the problem and not the other way around that i will i'm going to do something in life and hence i'll start a company yeah right. so again there are companies that have been started like this where there is a founder who decided that i will start a company mm-hmm. okay but then you will see that they have spent a lot of time cycling through various problems you can do that approach where you say i will be an entrepreneur i will start a company uh, you can set up a team two of three of you can do it but don't commit to just start building something without first you commit clearly, to the problem you commit to the problem not to the solution precisely. that you have precisely it. so you first commit to okay i will first find up this one big hairy problem that exists in the world mm. and that i can uniquely solve mm. and then i will start to build the solution for that problem right so that is the only reason to start a company right because it looks very glamorous right that oh wow these people are raising millions in funding mm. they are coming on economic times people come to take the interview and people podcast with them etc mm. but the reality of it is it's just very very hard right you are signing up for like 12 hours plus of work for maybe every day of your life including every sunday every national holiday your wife's birthday your kids birthday everything like you are going to be working for like that for the next 5 to 8 years even if you don't want to like you don't have a choice because as a founder right everything in the comp- at least in the first 2 3 years of the company everything will fall on your desk mm. because there are no people there are no processes there's everything is broken right you are just building going making it up as you go along it's a question of survival yeah so uh, it's a very stressful journey it's a very long journey and you will not make it through if you genuinely care about that problem if you don't genuinely care yeah if you do something just because you started you want to start a company you started a company you will not take that customers call at saturday night 11 pm or you know go meet some investor at sunday morning you will just feel yaar i can't mm. do this anymore right so mm. it's a unending like there's this unending pain like this there's, there's no you right. you you after a point you just get used to it that's this is just how my life is right now and that's how it, i'll that's all maybe you will carve out some personal time after the second third year hmm. but uh, at least first 3 4 years are brutal like you will there's right. just no other life you have right so right. you better love what you're doing hmm. otherwise there's just no point to it right. like i've recently spoke to uh, some kid who messaged me he just got into college and he wanted to start up and so he messaged me because he was looking for a co-founder yeah. for some idea that he had okay yeah. and it was solution driven yeah. his idea was solution driven not problem driven But anyway, so he was under the. So I explained to him how it works in that city. Yeah. He had a lot of misconceptions about how the startup world works. He yeah. thought that um, founders make a lot of money yeah. while they are in their initial days yeah. of this thing. So that's clearly not true, right? Yeah. Founders go through a lot of. It's not true at all. Most right. founders make no how money. How much were you t- taking? No money. No money. Exactly. I had to borrow money from home to just survive. When y'all had funding. Yeah. After funding, I took some salary. Okay. But till I got funding, I used to get. I used to like maybe make it work for a fifteen thousand a month. Hmm. So the rent I would pay from the company's accounts, uh, but for my own personal food, going or whatever, like ten fifteen thousand, maybe you have to manage per month. Right. Right. I think with inflation, it probably be a little more now, but right, right. it was pretty bad. Right. Uh, and you will see your your batchmates. So they'll they'll go buy MacBooks with their first salary, and hmm. they'll go buy a bike and a car, and you don't have that kind of money. Hmm. Um, when an investor gives you money, they are not giving you money; they're giving the money to the company. Right. right so they they giving you money to hire people build a product do marketing pay your lawyers etc etc right so you can't just pocket that money saying that okay i raised a million so i'll right. take 1 crore out of that that's not what's going to happen hmm. you will get fired if you do that hmm. 
uh what the investor you will you can start taking some salary once the investors invest because they want you to be comfortable they don't want you to be struggling in your day to day life hmm. but it's definitely not going to be your market salary right in all likelihood it's going to be maybe 30 50% of your what your ctc would have been if you if you went and joined an amazon or a flipkart or something like that maybe right. lesser than that Um, so you will actually only make money, and you will really make big money if you do it for five years plus, and the company does really well. Right. If you're one in a hundred, a yeah. thousand exactly. startup that actually does. This is this is the startup world. In the uh, there are other types of businesses where say you start a recruiting agency, or you start a digital marketing agency, hmm. or you start selling something online on Shopify. Right. Those those are businesses where you can make easily up to a crore or more a year, hmm. and there's lesser risk there. Right. because you know what you are building like for example say i take a recruitment agency for example right you know i i'll go get a client if i close this one position i'll get one month salary as my payment right so mm-hmm. if i close five of these in a month i can make at least 5 lakhs to 10 lakhs a month easily right, right. and my costs are just me and maybe two three other people that are higher so i can i can make do with that right. so there your risk is i'll just hire this one or two guys and pay a salary for a couple of months three months till i get my first client right. so there are businesses which are not that high risk Right. right. So those what are businesses, but startup correct. by definition are correct businesses that can scale fast. Yes. That probably are ahead of their time or correct. something like that. So they have a very high. Risk. They have a very high rate of failure. Very rough failure. Uh, it's better now because it's funding and all is fairly uh, much easier. Much easier now to raise than at my time in 2012. Hmm. Uh, there are people like me investing in companies coming out of colleges. At that time, I think in my batch there was just me and that Varun Deshpande who is now Sarat Juno. Right. Uh, but otherwise, plus one and plus minus one batch. There was nobody who started. I think minus one or two batches. There was nobody who started companies right after college. Right. Uh, so it was it was a pretty rare thing to see, right. and there was no ecosystem to support you. Now there are investors who will fund you, so you will at least get some salary. Hmm. But if you are doing it for that salary, then you are in it for the wrong reasons. Hmm. You can't be doing this thinking I'll get like a one crore salary. That's not what's going to happen. The only right reason is that there's this problem that you want to solve, and you think you're the yeah. right person to do. Yeah. Or you just love building stuff. Right. Like there are also founders I meet. Like for example, the postman guy at Astana. I spoke to him, and he was just a hacker man. Like he just he just loved building stuff. He built postman one weekend, launched it. He got a bunch of, and it was this. This was in probably tenth, fifteenth project of his, right? right? And maybe third formal or fourth formal startup of his. So there are people like that also who just genuinely like hacking stuff up and you know launching it and see what happens. Mm. Uh, so that's also a good founder archetype. And then there are people who just look at problems in the world and say I want to solve that problem and I'll do this and they go after that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you want to start a company to earn one crore a year and all, don't there are better ways to earn yeah. one crore a year. So what are the things that you look for in the founders that you invest in? What are good signs? What are red flags? And uh, what's the process for you for deciding the which companies you fund? Hmm. Uh, so see, the number one criteria for any VC, right, is that is this a large market? Okay. Okay. By that I mean, if this company works and what this founder is saying it comes true and they build it, can this company potentially do at least hundred million dollars in revenue in one year? Hmm. So if I'm funding you in two thousand twenty twenty one. Yeah. By twenty eight, twenty nine, I expect this company should be doing at least hundred million. Hundred million means seven fifty in revenue. In revenue, seven okay. fifty hundred crores. Okay, a software company revenue means that will be high gross margin revenue. Right. Uh, that is the number one criteria. These are. It is not easy to estimate this, hmm. but you should be at least broadly right. Okay, right. like for example, if you look at Uber's first pitch deck, right? They had predicted the taxi, like the company, couldn't be worth 
No, they predicted something very, which which was very naive now in hindsight. They predicted okay. total market size as two billion or something like that. Oh wow! And they do forty billion in, right, in GMV right. now or something like that, right? Yeah. So they were off by a wrong. They under mm. under estimated themselves as right. the founders, right? right? So this is hard to predict, but. There are some cases where you know that this is not a market. Hmm. Like there are some pitches you get where straight away you know that this is not a big market. I know this is not a big market because there are just not enough people who care about this problem, right? So yeah. you can eliminate stuff by inversion a lot of times. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so that is criteria one. Is this a large market? Do enough people have this problem? Right. If it works, can this do 100 million in revenue? That's from your side. From my side, yeah. Right. So that's now what I look in the pitch. In the, in the does the founder itself. understand that that he's right. coming to me okay. to pitch? Does he understand that he's is he the founder who's in it to build that large business, right? Okay. Founders also are all types. There are many people who all type of people running businesses come to us for funding, hmm. but very few of them understand what is VC funding, right? Right? Like even they would learn from this podcast. They they, oh, they don't know that okay VCs expect a hundred x or more return. Okay. Uh, it's a high risk game. They don't care if you fail, but if you win, you should really win big. Hmm. That's how VCs think, right? So hmm. the founder also needs to be aligned with this. Uh, that's part of market basically. Second criteria would be the team's ability. Okay. okay, so if say two forty-year-old people who've been say MBAs from say IIMs and ISB and they've been running say FMCG companies at they've been say senior roles at PNG and HUL, these kind of people come and tell me I'm running a social network. I'm going to launch the next Snapchat. Hmm. It's highly unlikely that they'll do it, right. right? Because to build a social network, you need to be able to code either yourself or you need a strong team who can like move really fast because. Social networks are not built by design; they are built by iteration. Like you right. build something, launch it. You Can learn. you explain iteration for whoever doesn't understand? Iteration is basically where you you take a shot at the solution. Right. You just quickly launch and build something, and you know build something and launch it. See how it works. Then you take feedback from the user and the market, and then you again go back and build version two. Hmm. Then you do that next week. Then you do that third week, fourth week, fifth week. So by the tenth, twelfth week, you have a completely different product from where you started. Based on how the market reacted. Exactly. To it, based on what users tell you. Right. So you will launch something and some some you'll realize people just don't care about this feature, right? Mm. Sometimes you'll launch something and realize that they they really love this feature. I did not think they would love it so much. Right. So that's what iteration means, right? So so team ability say I mean, is this team uniquely suited to build this company? Okay. Like like this MBA team I spoke about. If they come came and pitched to me some lending startup. Or some kind of startup which attacks FMCG distribution, then that space they would understand really well, hmm. and they would be uniquely suited to you know do those things. Right. So that I would bet on them for. So I would see whether this team that is pitching to me has the ability or the past experience or you know uh, some kind of true insight into that space. This is something which you find out fairly fast when you're talking to a founder. Right. The best founders, uh, I leave that meeting. I would have learned a lot in that meeting for sure. Hmm. All the companies which we we fund, right? Yeah. At the end of an hour talking to that founder, I will realize that okay, this guy has gone down all the rabbit holes that I can po- possibly even think of in this domain, and he they he or she has sort of thought of all those scenarios and uh, you know potential outcomes, and this is why they are building what they are building, hmm. right? So you look for that. How deeply has the founder thought through the idea? Right. If I ask the founder a question which they have not already thought of, then that's a big red flag. Okay. Right. Or if I say something to them, when they say, "Oh, I I never thought of that," or you know, hmm. uh, that that's weird because I just spent one hour with you, right? Where you've been doing this for months. So how have we not thought of this? Hmm. So, so that like, uh, how deeply are they thought through it? Do they have a unique earned insight of some sort, where because they have been doing something, they have learned something about the world where other people don't know yet. Right. Right. Like for if I have to give you an example of this. Uh, 
postman guy right he's been building apps forever right he knew that apis will explode right back end when he started postman uh, 2013 14 whenever he started apis had just become a thing like it, it every app or every company was not built on on this api uh, structure right so he saw it coming because he had been building apps for the past 10 years of his life right, right? so he knew that this is where software is going right. everybody will have api and everybody will need api and you need a, a tool for this so so he built it right. so he had that unique insight right so right. that's what you look for as a investor does this person have a unique unique insight? insight does he know something about the world or this market which other people don't know hmm. and that's that that's what is their right to win in that market so right. market traction so market and team are number one uh, the most important things okay um after that i would look for some kind of proof of execution where so this depends on because i am a very holistic investor uh if astana had come and pitched me postman i would have said yes right away because i know he can build right he's right. built like multiple things before so right. i would not have a question of whether this guy can build or not hmm. but if again it was some mba guy and who doesn't know how to code then i would say build something and show me right because i don't know if you can actually build right um so that depends so the execution piece depends on the team's ability i have to balance right. that off with the ability of the team if i feel that the team is strong but they don't have any prior experience in doing what they want to do hmm. then i will have a higher bar for traction and you know proof of execution but if i know that this they will be able to build fairly easily uh, because they have done it before or i have other signals that tell me that you know they can build this then i don't need to see traction we can invest free product also right. uh, but usually it's a good sign if they've already built something because uh, good founders they they don't want to raise uh, like you're not building product for me right you're building product because that's your company so mm. if you have been waiting around for funding to build a product then that's usually a red flag right the best founders just decide they want to do it and they go and do it right. uh, and then they come uh, and usually they don't even come for funding they just stays by investors right so mm. um yeah traction is the third thing that i would look at so so market size team and and execution game these broadly these three things are the most important everything else is secondary after that are there any common characteristics that good founders people who are good founders have or even co-founders maybe like the relationship that co-founders have are there any things in a founder's personality that are either red flags or whatever green flags or whatever the good sign is Honestly, so I I've not been in venture long enough to answer that well, but okay. my answer is that it's there's no template actually speaking, right? So okay. people say that I want this archetype of founder. This is what is this. So and by the way, this is true. Lot of funds have this. Right. Like if you so I won't name them, but if right. you see their founders, right? Right. There are some funds who like to back winner take all type founders. That this okay. is the hyper competitive alpha male type guy hmm. who will just win at any cost, hmm. and he will win. That's all they care about, right? there are some people who are not like that there yeah. some people who are like the world is big and this market is huge i don't care what he abc does i care about building my company right so right. they don't that hyper competitive right there are there are all types of founders like i don't think there is one answer saying that you know this is the one type of uh, founder that will win this uh, space I, i again i would come back to the market like depends on what you're doing hmm. there are some spaces which will automatically have only one winner okay by the nature of that market right uh uber was one great example hmm. like it was known that every city will have one or two uh you know taxi apps right so you had to win everywhere right. so you had to go out and kill competition everywhere so travis was a great founder to set up uber and right? bhavish also was a amazing new setup ola hmm. uh but if you are girish from freshworks there are many other uh, crm companies or many other saas companies offering business software this is not there's not there's never going to be one company that wins that market right but 
you need to be you need to have ambition to make it big enough but competitiveness or you know making sure that i will win at all cost that is not what you need in the, that, that kind of a saas founder right so right. so that's what i would I, so there's no one answer again again i would think through whether this what is this market and what type of founder do i need uh, to win this market uh, there are all types there are people who have like crazy greek stories of great you know people who have first gen college grads hmm. parents who are farmers uh, there are people like who grew up pampered like zuckerberg was like a from a pretty rich family bill gates was from a very right. rich family right yeah. so they didn't have any struggles in their life they got whatever they needed from when they were born hmm. uh, and then there are other people who had to struggle through life and you know get to where they are so so there's no one answer that okay this type of person is what can build a large company right that's why i said the problem is what is important if the hmm. person has a good insight on the market and there's a real problem that needs to be solved then then they will solve it in fact this uh, p marka marka and recent right he has this very famous blog on product market fit okay and uh, he basically says that if you have a very strong uh, market right which means that there's a burning problem in the world okay and too many people have that problem that market pulls the product out of the founder hmm. okay because even though the product is defective or it, it barely works people will still use it because that problem is so bad that the alternative is facing that problem is they don't want to do right right so in in those kind of markets even an average team ends up winning hmm. because just they just stumbled upon an opportunity which just nobody else saw hmm. and they 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 managed to build a product like twitter for example hmm. twitter used to keep going down all the time hmm. if you see their early years right every month it used it used to fail okay. the site used to go down <laughs> like hmm. but it still worked Right. Zuckerberg on the other hand was very very anal about it that my site will never ever like he had this rule I think in his office or the, I I forgot the exact anecdote now but mm. it was a big deal for him that the site will just never go down okay right. uh, Twitter was like a complete mess on the other hand but they the founders fought one CEO left the other guy came then third guy became CEO but it's still a multi billion company mm. right so they discovered a niche that people want to vent out their thoughts online and they went for it and they built it right so. these kind of like, even now if you see the product it has barely changed in the last 10 years also like i started using twitter in 2009 yeah. by and large it's still the same mm. so they have done some tweaks here and there but by like 80% of it is the same right mm. but it works and i am a retained user so some products some markets are like that where you know you um once you build like even if you build a okay product it will still work because the market and the pain are that bad mm. right So, what does a typical day look like in your world as a VC? So, my world is basically professional WhatsApp, or is what <laughs> what I what I call myself. I I do three right. things in the day. I do emails, I do WhatsApp, I do calls. Okay, that's okay. pretty much what I do. Um, and if I get some time to think, then I'll probably set it out and you know maybe spend some time reading, learning, or thinking about stuff. Mm-hmm. Or doing some research about a company that I'm I'm uh, I'm looking at. Right. Uh, but pretty much most of it is just talking to other people, mm-hmm. whether it's on WhatsApp, on email, or on calls. Uh, I like to split my day into half, where I'm doing calls and not doing calls. So uh, usually in my second half, I schedule calls. I I do my calls after two three p.m. and I, then they'll go on till whatever seven eight or more. And uh, those calls will be usually pitch calls. Okay. Founders who want to talk to us, tell us their story, raise money from first check. Sometimes there are calls from other investors who want to know what companies we have invested in. Mm. Sometimes there are calls from interested investors who want to put money in first check. Right. Sometimes there are um, calls with uh, I don't know, you know, potential reference checks I'm doing on a founder. So these are all calls. Right. 
okay then uh, part 1 of the day will be I've, i'll keep open to do my email to do agreements right uh, i get a lot of contracts to read that i have to you know right. sift through and approve before we sign on them right. uh, i get a lot of uh, i have to sort of raise money for deals that we are doing um so all of that i do in my part and also i keep that slot open for founders so any of the companies that we have invested in yeah. if they need me i should be available within at least within 24 if not within the next hour within 24 hours at least right mm. so at least that slot i keep open so that if somebody calls me i'm uh, in the mornings i'm usually available okay. um and and for firefighting so like there often lot of stuff that gets you know which is not finished yet so i like to start my day early mm. by 7:38 i like to be working uh, okay. i i either start reading some stuff on online on twitter or i'll start working on email and you know start getting through it so by yeah by by 11 12 i try and get through with email getting back to people agreements all of this stuff and i have to you know sit alone and do uh, and yeah by the, by the second half is when call start what's your hardest challenge been so far with first check i i it could be solving a problem for a company it could be the process of learning how to be a vc so so far in your journey what's been the most difficult uh, goal for you to achieve problem for you to solve mm. that's a good question so see i because i was sort of mentored and launched by india question right so they they took care of a lot of the tough problems for me as a new vc you have to build a brand right um we didn't use a india question brand we put set up a separate fund and you know set up a separate brand mm. so i did have to sell myself right uh i i think i, I think that's what i would i'm not sure if this is the answer but if i had to choose the hardest thing i would choose that you know how do you get to a place where even the best founders take your money right and that's what you want to do right as a vc you want to be in the best companies mm. you want to be helping people who nobody else wants to help right mm. because i mean you will do that but you don't want to invest right. there because like it's very highly unlikely that this flex once in a while you have that contrarian take okay i see something in this team or this person that nobody else sees hmm. but usually the crowd is right right so sure. the crowd usually knows that okay these teams like this guy has built and sold a company hmm. he is now starting a second company there's a good chance that he'll succeed hmm. right so how do i get into that deal so building a brand for yourself being able to demonstrate that and building deal flow right you know where even when these very good founders uh, they cold mail us and they come to us for funding where i know that this guy would easily raise money with or without me right that's 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 the thing the most the hardest part and i would say we are still of course not there yet but that's that's like ongoing journey hmm. because there it's a open competition right you're competing with the best of the best in the world right right the founder has the option to go raise from sequoia from axel from y combinator and these these guys have been around for decades Right. right so why should they come to first check right. so building out the differentiation making yourself worthy enough where you know they feel proud to take you on board that's the hardest part and what's your favorite part of this job favorite and least favorite part of being a venture capitalist least favorite definitely the paperwork okay. there's a shit ton so of paperwork it, yeah. uh, that you have to go through and read and you know every agreement every company we fund after funding the stuff they'll send you to sign india is like i, I keep saying this that being dealing with paperwork is the bane of being born indian hmm. if you are born in india you right. you better pra- start practicing uh-huh. signing stuff since you are 5 years old hmm. uh but otherwise I, that's the least favorite part all the paperwork that you have to deal with uh best part i think is once you invest right hmm. and you then you are sort of then you are the founder's friend hmm. now you now you both care about this company's success right you also emotionally invest you are emotionally also invest emotionally yes and you want this thing to be there in the world right so you you and the founder really jam well together after like with men. so in the first check model most of the deals are sourced by the venture partners right but 
often times even i build a good relationship with most of the founders right okay. so they call you for help they call you for advice they call you for all types of things you know i i got this term sheet for my next round what do you think about it mm. or i'm thinking about this product uh, i think i this new product might work or you know this channel is not working what do you have any ideas so this is jamming with founders on you know all these topics i love a lot because uh it, you sort of live their life uh vicariously that's yeah, the word yeah, yeah you right. live their life vicariously and you get a breadth of exposure on what is happening in the world hmm. you get to learn about so many things that you just didn't have any idea like wow this is also a thing in the world types so yeah, yeah i mean like like one of our best performing companies jiva like they 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 run a silver jewelry brand i had no idea about the jewelry market when we invested like we did it because of our venture partner and that company is superbly well so every time i talk to him i learn something new because right. i have never like i even though i've been married somehow never really bought jewelry for my wife except right. for the wedding and before that also we never really got into gifting and all that so it was just like a completely new world for me that okay there are people who spend this much on jewelry this is what they like this is what they don't like hmm. here's how you can sell jewelry online here's how this company is growing here's how the recycling is money so bunch of stuff you will learn from a founder like that or from the space tech guys um yashas and rohan from bellatrix those guys are building a a thruster for satellites man like again yeah. i knew nothing about that like they educated me about it they taught they told me whatever i know about the space tech world yeah. uh how you know what the players are what different players are there what technologies exist so any kind of jamming i do with founders is i really enjoy that because i come back uh, smarter from that i learn a lot more and even if one of my ideas gives them some boost i feel very happy about it right so um and i mean selfishly speaking they do the work i'm just doing the jamming right? right so you can give the idea and then finally they will execute right but right. you get to do this every day with different people and the grunt work is done by the founder hmm. uh, which is that's just that's the way the world works right with the investor founder relationship but but i like jamming with the founders helping them out sometimes maybe i'll have an idea if i don't have an idea i'll connect them to people who are from the domain who can help like we'll get calls saying that you know our retention is bad we try this 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 and users are just not sticking to the app what should we do hmm. so then we'll try the app we'll see why they're not working maybe we'll talk to some users uh i'll connect them to friends who have who killed it at retention right so that kind of stuff is what i really like hmm. um and number 2 i would say is uh the pitches um the good pitches where you know you you found some sometimes a founder just blows you the fuck away like you right. do a call and you're like man right like the good this. pitches are almost like master classes yeah like you've been domain. on them with yeah. us right so some of them you just feel man the, like you want to just blot out right there i'm going to fund you man like right. no matter what i'm going and I, we have done this right. often like we we just finish the call and 60 minutes i've told them i'm 100% going to give you the check hmm. um so yeah some of those moments also pretty epic where you meet a person who just blows your mind away like my god like how did this person even think through Dude, how did they even build this come like, to mind like any one specifically that you can yeah the bellatrix guys i yeah. mean th- that story is just insane like i'm i'm sure like in the next 3 4 years they'll be celebrated like elon musk in india because i mean think about it these are two kids they are 24 years old uh 25 years old now i think and from no name colleges from coimbatore and mysore hmm. and they are building thrusters for satellites i mean it's a insane right. story like, and they yeah. raised money they are india's first private company to get a contract from isro right the first private and the story is just nuts okay they that he just wanted like that guy rohan right he blew up his uh, kitchen in 12 sanadi because he was trying to make rocket fuel on the gas stove oh, wow. he's got like plastic surgery up till here 
यू मीट कंपनी I when he pitched me, I thought it's some kind of toy, or I just didn't yeah, get it. Yeah. Uh, but it was there was something to it, so we told him you come and meet us. Like I I don't want to do this on the phone. I'll decide after we meet. Hmm. And we met this guy for an hour. He went on about water purification. Me, this method is this. We tried this, then we did this, and, then, and I was just by God, this guy like you. This guy is fanatic about this, right? And yeah. he had he started by delivering water cans online. Okay. Then you realize that the economics of that never works because one guy can only carry one or two cans. You can't ship like a like a Flipkart. Me the delivery boy can carry multiple packages, right? Water can you can't send multiple with one guy. So that was a big problem. He did that for two three years and realized this math doesn't work. Then he decided, okay, why can't I make the water at the customer's location? And then they they said, okay, that's a purifier. So then they realized why aren't people buying purifier? Only six percent Indians have water purifiers. Mm. That's crazy, right? Our drinking water is not portable in our taps, right? right? So why don't people buy purifiers? Because they can't afford it. Mm. Nobody wants to spend fifteen thousand, ten thousand, twelve thousand rupees on a purifier. Right? So then they figure, okay, what if I don't have to charge them for it? What if I can maybe you know just charge them monthly? Mm. So and then they made this internet connected. So it's a it's a crazy. You can see that the guy has spent a, you know five years coming to that realization that okay, this is how I can crack this market. Mm. Only six percent Indians have purifiers, and yours how, you know, like it can we can triple or five times that number can happen, right? If we only if only we add a product, mm. he's basically sanitized it for for India. Right. So, that that kind of passion and insight about a market, you you once in a while you see that in a founder that that just blows your mind. Like, and after that you just jam with that person, and you feel privileged that you know this kind of person will call you for advice or for help, and I can even if I can do one percent, point one percent also if I can do to help this kind of a founder. It's it's very fulfilling. Right. What do you think really motivates you? Like, of course, everybody works to earn a living and blah blah blah. But what about your job makes you want to get up at and start working at seven seven thirty in the morning? <laughs> I don't do that seven thirty every day, but yeah, <laughs> right, most right. most yeah, yeah. at least eight thirty. Right, right. Let working. let's say seven thirty uh, for the camera. <laughs> so uh, motivation. Yeah, so there is no one answer. I mean, see, at one level, I've been there and done this at my startup, right? So I know what it's like. Hmm. It's you feel like you're blindfolded and you're just grappling in the dark. Could something I should hold on to? Okay, that's what the first one or two years of your startup feels like. Hmm. You you took the jump. Yeah. And now you have to build yeah, that parachute. Falling, you're yeah, falling, you falling. Right. You can see the floor. Yeah. I have that much time left. Right. I better fucking build a parachute before I hit the ground, <laughs> right? right? And right. it's a very stressful, very like it's an insane thing to do with your life. Mm. I still tell people, do tell me about start company. I tell them, don't do it. Mm. It's pretty insane. Right. Uh, so to help that person, I, I I I like doing that because I've gone through it. I've I've taken that jump. Right. So I know how bad it is, and uh, if somebody does help you out, you really feel very nice. Right. Uh, that's one, and that's more of a personal level thing. Two is I, I genuinely I'm a dreamer. Hmm. Like my my wife or my friends, right? Often times while talking, I'll do, drift off into something else because I'm just thinking of something else, or I'm very curious and I'm a very dreamer type of person where I think of things other people have not thought of or have not spent time on. So these kind of ideas really excite me. 
somebody come and tells me i have put a chip in a water purifier i'm like wow yeah. okay like yeah. other people don't care about stuff like that but right. it excites me right. and uh, so yeah I, I like tinkering around with stuff and like imagining how the world could look like um that's two um i think third is of course the money i expect to make a, a pretty decent sum of money from this if i become a successful venture capitalist uh i think it's a good way to you know make some money up front because you get paid a salary right. uh, and then also make a large money, la- large check at the end of it when you can return your fund mm. so i invested in i like professions where you have skin in the game mm. okay so i view the world where there are some jobs you do where uh, it doesn't matter if you succeed or fail uh is could be politically incorrect but there are jobs like that right yeah, like of course like uh, most jobs most jobs are like that like your personal outcome is is bounded right. right and whether you succeed or fail at your job you will still get your paycheck and that's right. what even if you you blow it out of the park you will still make the same money if you fail also you will make the same money right hmm. i don't like that i like to be in a position where if i do well i should do well high financially stakes. if i don't do well it's on me i i i tried i didn't, didn't work it didn't work high stakes are worth yeah not high stakes is different but yeah, stake yeah. should sure. be there sure. skin in the game should be there right? right uh so i like that also about my job and yeah and i think lastly I, as a indian i feel like i feel very strongly that we are a uh, country which has suppressed our entrepreneurs for generations and we have just not done enough to you know let young people go do their thing hmm. like our one of our best companies was air india right jr tata was one of india's uh, best entrepreneurs probably the world best entrepreneurs ever his license of pilot license was 001 he was the first pilot in india mm-hmm. he built a world class company that the new york times and you know these foreign publications you should rate them as one of the top five airlines in the world and our government took it away from him they nationalized that company mm-hmm. right and this we've been doing again and again like in india if you study our history for the past 60 whatever 70 years it's a case study in how to be poor <laughs> right we we shoot down people who want to do something and who want to build stuff who want to create stuff who want to sell stuff mm-hmm. we make it as hard as possible for them to do that right so i want that to change like we mm-hmm. will never graduate from this third world status if we don't free our entrepreneurs and you know give them capital back them give them expertise mm-hmm. support them let them build companies right so we just look at the last 5 years right where have the jobs come from they have come from startups Swiggy and Zomato and all employ like three lakh, five lakh people. Flipkart employs like lakhs of people. What would these people be doing if these companies didn't exist? Right, right? they would be on a farm somewhere. Mm. So I think in the longer scheme of things, also I feel my work has meaning because of this. Mm. That if we back companies, we support them, even if some of them really end up working, right? They will, they could f- truly impact like millions of people, mm. customers that they serve, employees that they hire. Um, money that they return to investors. It's it's a big ecosystem thing. So I feel like we are at a we see that a spot where your work truly does have impact on the world, mm. and you can also make money from it. So that that's why I love doing what I'm doing. Right, and we've seen so much change in the startup ecosystem in India in the last ten years. Yeah, less than that even. So what do you see? Where do you see the Indian startup ecosystem, and where do you see First Check in the next ten years? Okay, so yeah, this is a good question. I mean. There's like a zameen asman difference in w- what we were in when I started in 2012. When right. what it is, and even if you, f- in fact, if you go before that, see the original wave came early early 2000s. Hmm. And Sanjeev Bichandani started Nokri.com and Deep Kalra started Make My Trip. Hmm. 
the change has almost been exponential yeah but for many years it was flat just flat yeah yeah like so after the dot com bust sanjeev had to struggle for years and and i think even the make my trip guy used to run a digital marketing agency on the side hmm. to make money and survive and then slowly 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 internet came 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 and you know started becoming bigger and bigger and bigger uh now there are college kids getting funding so i mean today it's already way better than what it was say 5 10 years back but there is still a long way to go okay there are a lot of like i would say today also uh there are some set categories and people who can raise money but the cap so okay so the positive thing is that today a nova or a kushal can go and raise money mm-hmm. okay like um if somebody who graduated from bits in say 2005 they would not have raised money mm-hmm. there was just no ecosystem in india okay or graduate from iit also isb whatever there was just no there was no vc funds in india okay mm-hmm. so their dream was that i will go to the valley and i'll go to do ms at stanford and i'll get a green card and i'll work there right that dream has now changed right it is very clearly changed and that i think is a at tweeted this also I, i think that is the biggest underrated thing that has already happened in india in the last 5 years that iit bombay ka computer science batch the dream is now to build a company hmm. right like the most ambitious kid 10 years back you should think i'll go work at google and facebook mm. now the most ambitious kid thinks that i'll start a company i'll raise 5 million dollars i will do this i will go sell here do that that is huge that's a generational like shift in mindset like and i can't stress it enough it's huge right but so at least these class of people who are who are from good colleges who have some work experience not necessarily colleges but you know people who have basically built stuff and done stuff they have access to this kind of risk capital mm. so that is a big change that will only increase exponentially from here Right. right so now people like the yashas as i said and you know the velatrix guys the drink prime guys they are not from iit or bits or any of these branded fancy colleges they are from tier through so it's now percolating down and i would say in 5 10 years it will go down even further where it will become even more open mm. and even more meritocratic like if you have a good idea and you build something you will get money to do it and mm. um, that is a huge change because like when so my dad is a runs a business right when he started a business he had already worked at lnt for i think 14 or 15 years okay he still had to uh, borrow money against my mom's gold he had to go put it in the bank get a gold loan wo gold loan ke liye bhi had to get a uh, some some guy to sign it with him so that the bank will give him the loan and my granddad went to some money lender locally and so the bank only gave him some 50k or something and then my granddad ponied up the money at some 14% interest from somebody and then that's how my dad got started hmm. okay you had to like literally beg borrow from everybody in your friend your personal network right and he had a network right and this is for a engineer from one of the best bombay colleges who went to lnt and you know did all this even he had that kind of problem to raise capital right, right? today's kids just go pitch they get a term sheet we are funding kids like all the time hmm. so that's a big change right so, so i think we are on to something for sure and i feel like when you give young people uh, the freedom and the capital to you know build stuff that they want to that they want to do you get the facebooks and the ubers and the airbnbs of the world so those companies will now start to come out of india also um so we are already there um the next step will be to build global companies which is also again started to happen where at least in saas you have companies from india which are building for the world my hope and prediction is that this will also happen in consumer where like a tiktok or a facebook will also come out of india yeah. and that will just blow it out of the park so maybe if i look at what the stock market will look like in say 2030 it's possible that you know all 10 top 10 stocks will be startups which were funded in india built in india right uh we've been going for quite a while now yeah. so i'll ask my last few questions yeah what are some books and podcasts that you recommend often 
Okay, so you don't have to, you, if you don't listen to podcast, you don't have to answer. For no, podcast. I do. I, I th- this year it went down because so I used to listen to podcast while driving because okay. I need to do something physically. I can't just sit and listen in right, one right. place. So either walking yeah. or driving, I need to do. Right. This year we didn't do either <laughs> of that, right? So right. podcast went down quite a bit. But uh, I I love uh, invest like the best by Patrick Kushanese. Um, then I love um, how I build this by Guy Ras. Right. Then. My first sort of um, gateway podcast was a serial one. I think everybody first heard serial when they you know got into podcast. Uh, what else do I now listen to? I listen to a bunch of NPR stuff, which was so when I was at Upgrad, I used to drive a lot through and through from office. I had to spend one hour, one hour in a car minimum every day. Mm. Uh, so I then back then I used to listen to all kinds of NPR podcasts on right. science, on business, technology. Right. But now not so much. Now I have, I have only two names, which is invest like the best and. Uh, Uh, how I build this by Guy Raz. Um, yeah, books. Uh, again, unfortunately, since I started first check, books have sort of gone out of my life. At least for the past year, year and I've just been too busy. And it's an excuse you can say, but whatever. I've not been able to read much. But till that, till I started first check, I should read a lot. Like I, there was there were years when I should do thirty, fifty books in a year. Mm. Um, so I, I would say. I like reading, so I I like read, when I used to read, I used to read everything and anything under the sun. Uh, I one of my favorite books is India Unbound by Guru Charan Das. You everybody every entrepreneur in India should read it because you will realize how far we have come, how bad it was for us ten twenty years back. Why what socialism did to this country? You know why are we poor? <laughs> that book will answer that question for you. Why are why are we a poor country? Hmm. Right. So India Unbound is one of my favorite books. Uh, then on the investing side. I loved uh, there's this book called Charlie Munger the Complete Investor by Trent Griffin. Okay. So that book opened my mind up to you know what investing really is. Uh, after Nay Disha didn't work, I I joined Upgrad thinking I should learn what a good business build right. So I I also decided to read more and I thought okay my business didn't work but what is a good business you know what businesses are considered good what businesses make money how how do I judge that. So I started reading a lot about investing, and then I found this guy Warren Buffett, and uh, Charlie Munger had been investing for years, right? And then I said, went on that rabbit hole on Farnham Street. Farnham Street podcast was also great, by the way. Uh, and uh, that's how I discovered this book. And Charlie Munger has a has a biography also called uh, Poor Charlie's uh, Almanac, but that's very big and very expensive. A better way to discover Charlie Munger is to read this book, um, The Complete Investor by Trent Griffin. That book is fantastic. It sort of opened my eyes to. uh to a sort of operating system you know that you can build for yourself to decipher the world around you that's how i would, I would put it where th- th- he describes these things called mental models mm. where you can basically look at see be, you as a as a human being right you are thrown things at you non stop every time right if you sit down to think through things deeply for every single thing that comes to you, you cannot function mm. right but if you have models That if X happens, I will do Y. If X and Z, Z, Z happen, this is how I will react, right? You are able to deal with the world in a much better way. Right. So Munger taught me that that you should learn a lot of things about a variety of fields, hmm. and you don't need to you don't need to be a PhD in that, but you should know the basics, hmm. right? Like now I know the basics of economics, of finance, of tech, bunch of different stuff. I know the basics of that enables that cross disciplinary thinking, right? That opens your mind up to a bunch of different stuff which you would not otherwise have thought of. Yeah. Uh, so Charlie Munger, everything written by him, said by him, or uh, written about him, I recommend. Uh, then which is the other book? Good book. I had really liked India After Gandhi by uh, Ram Goa. 
I had like uh, I don't know my good reads is public actually I think it's okay. public so you okay. guys can go well, and check that out yeah. uh, again I haven't read much in the last two years but before that I was I used to read a fair bit I read a great book by this guy called Ed Thorp last year on a man for all markets that was also a very good book Ed Thorp was one of the first hedge fund guys in the world he was okay. the first quant hedge fund guy Okay. He's a guy who figured out you can like you can make money with maths. You right. can you know predict where the market will go and make money from it. Hmm. He cracked blackjack. Ended up all the casinos in uh, the US banned him. Okay. Because they had figured out how to right. how to for sure make money from blackjack. Right. Okay. And very interesting chap. Like hmm. we were, like some of the work he did, somebody else got a Nobel Prize for it later on okay. uh, because he didn't publish it, but the other guy did. Right. Uh, so again, Ed Thorp was a very interesting chap. Uh, learned a lot from that book on. again markets understanding stuff uh, finance and so on um which other book can i recommend steve jobs again that that's been a long gateway time gateway drug yeah. gateway drug exactly and yeah so i think one more hole that most people i meet have in their you know thinking is that at least in the tech world is they are really discredited from the way other businesses work okay like if you ask If you ask a you know twenty five year old, uh, so say let's like, say you ask an average twenty three year old Bitsian who graduated his work for a couple of years, how does Asian Paints make money, hmm. or how does HDFC Bank make money? They usually don't know the answer. Hmm. They know how Facebook makes money and Google makes money, and they know how SaaS companies work, right. but they will not know how Asian Paints. Why is Asian Paints so valuable, hmm. right? So there was this book called The Unusual Billionaires by Swarup Mukherjee. Mm. which i really like because they covered like these 10 great indian companies like asian paints marico hul uh, hdfc bank and so on that have consistently done very well for for more than more than decades mm. and they have always made money for their shareholders mm. so that book was an eye opener for me that i read that sometime around the same time i was reading mangar and all mm. because i was reading more about the indian stock market but i think that book opened my eyes to uh, how companies in india operate what indian markets are like and what it takes to you know build a long lasting institution type company where like no matter like mangar as is saying that you know i like to invest in companies that even a fool can run because one day a fool will run them mm. and those there are these companies like that in india where it doesn't matter if the employees show up to work or not like google is like that i feel like google tomorrow if you know half the staff says what have you 90% people don't show up they'll still make money this year people right so dependent on them exactly like and it's on autopilot people go up they book ads they, they 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 pay them money they pay them in advance that i'm going to buy these credits for ads and mm-hmm. i'll use them and then google sets the price google buys it everything is automated right so there are these kind of companies it, that book helped me a lot to understand like how these companies become so big and why do they become long lasting and like why can they forever go on making money Uh, my last question, since we are both from Bits, yeah. Um, what was your college life like, and what advice do you have for kids who are in college right now? Uh, my college life was a lot of fun. Uh, okay. I consciously chose to go to Bits Goa, uh, right. even though Pilani, I was not getting some great branch, but uh, still, I knew that I don't want to. So I spent one year in Kota before okay. I went to Bits. Okay. I was done with Rajasthan at that point, yeah. so I'm not going to spend another. Of course. It was wrong. Pilani is also a lot of. Uh, yeah. It's a very fun place. Right. But I wanted to be in a good place with good weather and like things to do after after academics also. Yeah. And so I had a lot of fun in Goa. We we spent pretty much uh, at least the last two years. So we spent partying like every week almost. So we right. we were not good students. <laughs> and um, yeah. I my CGPA was always five five point something. Okay. 
Uh, I barely got to six by the time placements came, and after PS two, I reached some six point six six or something. So my final right. CG was six point six six seven something like that. Right. Um, so not advisable for everyone, but right. I would say, see, there are kids. At least in my time, I knew that uh, by the first second year, I realized that okay, this mechanical thing is not for me. Hmm. Um, like I don't really like it, and I don't see what I'm going to do with this stuff in my life. So I actively started doing other things. Hmm. I read a lot. Hmm. I I was the sponsorship head on campus. Hmm. I started a social media company on campus. We got clients for that company. We earned money. So I was always doing something or the other. Hmm. I would just I would not just sit in my room and play games online or you know uh, whatever watch TV shows and smoke pot and chill. Like hmm. there are people who just chill for four years, like right? That we college are going, so we don't want to do anything. So that approach is wrong. Right. So either you go to your academics and you know get a good grade so you can go get a job after campus and secure your future and all. Or you learn some skill. Right. You learn to code, learn to design, learn to do podcasting like what you are doing, or you learn animation, learn selling, learn something, something which is of value in the world. Right. Don't waste your four years in campus. Hmm. Uh, by learn, I mean it could be any learn on your own, learn in class, do whatever you want, but don't waste your time. Hmm. That's my one advice to college students. I see too many kids who come out of IIT bit saying we didn't study anything for four years. Yeah, but you had the internet, right? So why didn't you like if your class sucked, so you could have attended YouTube, right? Like right. what kind of answers in 2020 right. that I didn't learn anything in camp? Then when right. why were you there? Right. So I feel like a lot of kids still don't understand that they can act like. At my time, I had to fight with my dad and buy a photon. Us pe two MBBS speed used to come on campus, right? Because the campus net had blocked YouTube. Bunch of the it was very weird. Like if you search for analytics, it would be banned because it had anal in analytics, right? So half the stuff on the internet was not accessible. Right. So I went and got a photon, and whatever I learned was because of that goddamn photon. Like on the two MBBS connection, I discovered Twitter and YouTube and learned about all Steve Jobs. All that happened because of that photon, right? So. Now every kid has an internet connection, so they have no excuse left. Hmm. In fact, there's this video by Bill Bill Gurley. Okay, Bill Gurley, one of the best VCs ever. Hmm. He is a partner at a fund called Benchmark. Hmm. So just Google on YouTube. Maybe we'll share the link in the notes. Yeah, right? sure. Uh, I think the 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 talk is called Chasing Down a Dream. Okay. Where he talks about how you can basically achieve something in life, right? What what is a modus operandi? Like he's funded people like Uber and a you know, bunch of. Very successful founders he has worked with, so he has seen the pattern of success, right. and there is a clear pattern. Mm. The number one step in that pattern is you take something and you learn everything there is to learn about that thing. Mm. Doesn't matter if you're 18 or 20 or 88 years old, right? But mm. if you decide that I want to be a VC, you can't have a you can't not know a VC story right. because the internet was there for free, right? So how come you have not read it? Mm. You're not a good VC then, right? So or if you want to be a programmer, you say you want to learn JavaScript or whatever React Native. You have everything at your disposal, right? You don't have any excuse to say that I don't know this because because you didn't learn it. Like that's the only answer, right? So, learn something is what I would say. Don't do it with the expectation of getting an immediate payoff, but explore your curiosity and go down that rabbit hole, fulfill it, learn whatever you can about that thing. It will pay you back off in the future for sure. Right. Thanks. Thanks a lot for doing this. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, my pleasure, dude. Thanks so much. Thanks, Noah. Cool. Uh, come. Thank you so much for watching that episode. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to like and subscribe and share this with all your friends. See you in the next one.